before we get started, uh, dive into the word, part of the passage that um, Parker read, I'm going to pray. Father, I pray that, um, that you just prepare our hearts, um, prepare me and my heart as I speak to your word. Um, I, I pray that you have these words that I say that are not my words, that are your words. I pray that your spirit moves uh, in those words and that, um, that this word, it um, exhorts us, it builds us up, that it convicts us of sin, that it brings you closer, it helps us worship you, and it glorifies your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, so as we get started here, um, I have a question for you guys real quick. I asked this actually to the teenagers last week. Um, what is your favorite Christmas tradition? I need a couple answers here. Let's see. So, pre- I heard presents. Anybody else? Favorite Christmas tradition as we get into this Christmas? Huh? The presents did not count last week. They count this week. Because I knew they were all going to say presents. I wanted to hear some unique answers. And you. The Christmas tree, yes. Yeah, the Christmas tree is probably one of my favorite traditions. And um, as, you know, I, I grew up in the Russian culture, I've, I've learned to adapt new traditions as I married into an American um, family. You know, one of, the, one of my favorite traditions that they've taught me is going down and cutting down that tree this year, having my nephew Parker do it and paying for it. Hopefully that tradition stays. Uh, but a, I paid you back, Parker. Don't, don't do the fist at me. Uh, but, you know, it, you know, I love it. And I love decorating the tree. I, I would hate to have my wife decorate and not decorate with her. I just love doing it together as a family as we listen to Christmas music. If you guys don't have that tradition, have it. It'll be your favorite. Fig trees are no good. We tried that last year. Um, and then, you know, another one that's actually like a new one that I've learned that we started about two years ago um, is Elf on the Shelf. Who here knows what Elf on the Shelf? Who here has an Elf on the Shelf? Okay. So, right, Elf on the Shelf. It was really funny. Um, the other week, we were at Parker's house. Lizzie was not behaving well. We're driving home, right? And Lizzie, I'm going, Lizzie, you weren't a good listener. You fought with Parker. And Lizzie goes, well, can you please not tell Elfie? Elfie is our Elf on the Shelf. And I'm thinking, wait, usually you say don't tell Mom. But you're saying don't tell Elfie? And inside I giggled. But what is this elf on the shelf, right? This elf on the shelf is sent down from Santa, right, to be a witness of the behavior of your children. If your children behave well, they get presents. If they behave bad, they get coal, right? So, you know, this, this elf is a witness, and he testifies to Santa about the behavior of your, of your child, right? And uh, today we're going to talk about somebody who's kind of like Elf. He has the same job. He's a witness, and today, in the second uh, week of Advent, we're going we're gonna to focus in on this word witness. Uh, so I'll take us back, if you guys could open up the scripture, uh, to uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 6 through 8. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Many times we hear the word witness in that passage. And when I say the word witness, I mean, what are some of the first thoughts in your brain? Like, what kind of witnesses are you guys thinking about? 
right, yeah, I heard crime, yeah. So crime, right, that's a really popular one. We all love to watch crime. We love a good witness there, right? Right, we, we read in the Bible the Holy Spirit is a witness, right? Right, somebody who saw something is a witness. If I witnessed a car accident, right, then I'm made a witness, right? So, um, you know, the one point that we have to understand is to be a witness, right, you have to experience something, right? All those people have experience, they testify about something, right? You can't be a witness of something if you have not experienced something. If I saw a car accident and the police officer pulled me over, he wanted me to testify to that car accident, I testify to it, I'm a witness, I go home and I tell my wife about the accident, is she a witness of the accident? No, you have to experience something. You have to, so that's the, main, that's the first point I kind of want you to remember. To be a witness, you have to experience something. Right? And so John here, he is a witness. Well, let's find out a little bit more about John. And what has he experienced and what is he witnessing to? So John, we're going to talk a little bit about John. Okay, so we, we learn a lot about John also in Matthew. Actually, uh, all the Gospels talk about John. right? But in all the Gospels, they talk about John as John the Baptist. Right? And so, but here, John, who's the disciple of Jesus, is talking about John the Baptist. Everybody said he's the Baptist. But John here says, hey, I'm going to call him a witness. And 14 times in the Gospel of John, he talks, he mentions John as a witness. It's pretty important that John here is a witness. The Baptist is a witness. Right? And um, why is he doing that? Well, because if we go back, I know Justin mentioned this last week, what was the purpose of writing the, the Gospel of John? What was his purpose that we believe? Yes. So it's plainly said in, in chapter 20, right, in verse 31, right, John just plainly says, there's no hidden agenda. He's like, hey, this is why I'm writing. And this is what he says, right? He says, I wrote this Gospel, I wrote this testimony that we may believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in him, in his name, right? So John is writing this book, and guess what? He's going to call his first witness to testify to the fact that Jesus is God. He is the Messiah. That's a pretty strong witness. I mean, he was a little bit strange, as we will get to learn a little later on, but he's a pretty strong witness, and, um, and so let's, let's find out a little bit more about John. Uh, so in Matthew, for example, chapter 3, it talks about John, right? So he came, um, he was six months older than Jesus, right? He lived in the desert. He came to the wilderness. There was a river. It was the Jordan River. Everybody from all around the region of Judea would come to hear his message because it was a new message. His message was, hey, repent. Turn away from your sins. There is coming somebody who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I'm baptizing you with this water, right? And people, they came to him. He must have been a really, really great speaker. I mean, people didn't have cars back then. They had to walk. People walked over 70 miles to go hear him preach. So he was a really, really, really good, really good speaker. Actually, one thing that I found out as I was studying about John, there's a couple other religions that believe that, you know, that, that look at John and testify to John and look at him as a prophet. Actually, the Islam religion also recognizes John the Baptist as a prophet. Of course, the Christian one does as well. And there's three other minor ones that I didn't even know about that do as well. Right? So he's this great preacher. Even the historian Josephus, the Jewish historian, he wrote about John the Baptist. So he's a credible witness. He's a great witness. Now this is the weird part. 
I had to, I had to mention this too. But what did, it talks about how he dressed. It talks about what he ate. Right? So we read in Matthew, how did he dress? He wore garments of camel's hair. Now let this sink in. Is that hip these days? I don't know. Right? And a leather belt. That's kind of cool. I wear one of those sometimes, especially when I lose enough weight. Um, but now let's see what he ate. He ate locusts and wild honey. That's a little weird, right? And locusts, I didn't know what locusts was, so I looked it up. It's kind of like grasshoppers. And you know, the Mariners in 2017 actually started uh, offering grasshoppers on the menu. Maybe they read the Gospel of John or they read about John the Baptist. They liked his diet. I heard it's actually a great diet for protein, but I'd rather do the keto diet, honestly. Um, so, so that's kind of a little bit about him. He's a little bit strange. He's out there in the wilderness, but people are coming to him because he has this new message, and it's growing, and people are coming, right? Um, and so, so the next thing as we move on is um, why I'm saying he's a great witness, and I'm going to say this before we move on. Jesus, actually, you know what he said of John? He said, no man born of woman is greater than John. I mean, that's pretty darn great. I mean, think about all the other people that we read in the Bible, right? We read about Abraham, read about Jacob, read about Moses, read about David, Isaiah. And Isaiah actually wrote about John the Baptist. He said, here comes the one that's going to, he's like the lamp. He's, you know, he's going to come and he's going to bring this new message of repentance. And so Jesus talks about his greatness. So this is a great witness that John brings forward to us. And what is John a witness of. As we read here, it says that he is a witness to the light. He is a witness to this light. And this whole passage that Parker read, there's a, a lot of reference to this light. And this light is the new life in Jesus. And so he is testifying about this new light, crossing over from darkness into light. He talks about that. Crossing over from old life to new life, he talks about being born again, right? So he is testifying to this new life that is in Jesus, right? We also read, that, you know, when the disciples see Jesus, John the Baptist says, here is the Lamb of God. Here is his sacrifice for all the people. And so he's, he's testifying to this. He's telling this to all the people, right? And... Um, you know, another thing that he says that's really great is he says, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I think that's interesting because if we go back, we said that John the Baptist is actually six months older than Jesus. So he was older than Jesus, but he says, no, Jesus was before me because Jesus was in the beginning because Jesus is God. And he is testifying to that. He is testifying to the fact that Jesus is Christ, that he is the Son of God, and that if you believe in him, that you will have eternal life. You know the greatness of John, the one thing I forgot to mention. You know what's really interesting? Who else in the Bible was called out and asked, hey, are you the Messiah? I mean, if you think about it, John said, I am not the Messiah. I am not he. I am not this. I am not the light, right? He was that great where people thought, wow, this may be the Messiah. But he's like, nope, I'm not this. I'm not the, I'm not the light. I'm not the Messiah. You know, I'm only here to prepare a way. With everything that he said, he even said, 
you know, he, Jesus must increase, so I must decrease. So he was making God big. He was making Jesus big with his testimony. But he was also a great guy. Um, and so, in here, as, as we read this passage, another thing that really uh, sticks out to me is um, that it said that, that all might believe through a light. In verse 7, he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe, all might believe through him. God chose to spread his good news, his light, through witnesses. He could have chosen to do it another way. He could have chosen angels. He could have chosen, you know, many other ways that we can maybe think of, but he chose to use John, who I believe was one of the first witnesses, and then he chooses to use all of his disciples. Then he uses, he chooses to choose all of us to be the witnesses to spread his message. Right? In Acts 1.8, uh, we read, and it, and it says this, it says this it's, you know, he, Jesus is about to ascend back to heaven, and he, he's talking to his disciples, and what does he say? He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the world. You will. Right? You will receive the Spirit. You will be my witnesses. We who believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Christ are born of God, are a new creation. We have crossed over from darkness into light, and we are witnesses. There's nothing I can say to make one a witness. You must experience it. And we read here, and it talks about there were people that were witnesses that saw this but did not believe, right? Because if we go to verse 12, it says, um, verse 11 actually, he came to his own and his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, right? But those that believed in him became his sons and daughters. But those that believed in that witnessing, So the next question I have for you, how are we made to be witnesses of this light? How do we witness to this light? And of course, the first step is we must first believe. Because if we do not believe in Jesus, then we are not born again and we are not part of his household. We must believe that Adam and Eve sinned and that, and that death and, and darkness entered the world. And that God who is light and who is holy could not have a relationship with people who were in darkness. So God had a plan of sending own, his own son down on earth to take upon flesh, to walk and to die, so that, that we could go into the light and have a relationship with God because of Jesus Christ's blood on the cross. And when we believe in that message and we come and we confess our sins at the cross, that we are made new and we have this new life. There's a big distinction, right, that, God, that John and that all the Gospels are trying to make, right? They talk about this old life, this new life. It's not a life that changes a little bit. It's a, definitely a new life. He talks about being born again. 
And there's a huge difference between darkness and light. And, and guess what? Light cannot exist with darkness. Because when light comes into darkness, it's light. And so if we believe we are children of God, if we believe we are made witnesses, and then how do we witness? And we witness through action and we witness through word. And first I want to say the action part, right? The way that we live our life, if it's a new life that the gospel talks about, it's a different life, right? We're born again, right? The way we live our life, the way that we live in our marriage, the way that we parent, the way that we work, the way that we conflict manage, all of those things are done differently. You know, without the gospel and without the new life, my marriage would be different. My wife and I, we really look to practice, and we're not perfect, I'm not saying that, but there's so many times where I feel wronged or she feels wrong, and the only way I could forgive her, honestly, is looking at the cross and saying, I've been forgiven so much more. And the only way she can forgive me is understanding that she's been forgiven more. I'm not surprised that in the world we see so many divorces. Because people are not living this new life. And this new life is only in Jesus because he has taught us to live this way. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, talks and gives instruction about how to live life, right? What does he say? One of my favorite things he says in the Sermon on the Mount is he says, hey, if you do good to those people that do good to you, you're the same as anybody. But what does he say? He says, do good to those that do bad to you. And that's grace. You know, another example that I want to talk about um, just conflict management, how you live differently. My sister, uh, she, she was with her, she, was doing, she has a business, she does events, she's really good at it, and she was really wronged by somebody. Somebody really, really wronged her, really hurt her business by a lot. And she came over to my, to my house, she was crying, she told all the siblings, we were all crying, we were all praying, and she was trying to figure out what is she gonna do? Like, how does she come back to this person, tell them to repay her, you know, how does she deal with this? How does she deal with this? So we're praying, and then she comes up to me, and she's like, God put this on my heart. I think I should go and give that person a big hug and tell them I forgive them and I love them. Because I bet that person feels horrible about what they did, and there's no point of me, you know, convicting them of their sin. I think I'm going to go show them grace. And that's different. But that's awesome. I mean, that's how we should be living. And when you live like that, people see that, and that is the greatest testimony you could have. The worst thing that I could ever deal with when I'm trying to witness to somebody is when somebody tells me, hey, I know a couple Christians, and they've done this, this, and that actually takes me even further from the faith. Let's be these witnesses. Let's be these good witnesses. And so, you know, I said in action, right? I was going to bring up my mother-in-law. I had to. So my mother-in-law, you know, anytime I go out, maybe with some friends, either to a football game or, you know, have a poker night, you know, she'd always, she'd always ask me afterwards, hey, were you a good witness? Especially there's people that weren't Christians. She'd go, are you a good witness? And, uh, and I thought of that when I was getting ready for the sermon because, you know, what is she really asking me? I mean, she's really asking me, did I behave well? <laughs> right? And I always say what? Yes. <laughs> but, you know, that behavior, that's how we're made, how we're made to, you know, how, that's how we're, we're witnessing to other people that are around us. And, um, 
And you know, then the second way, as I said, you know, an action which speaks louder than words, but there's also words. And to witness is to testify, right? To witness is to testify. What is testifying? That goes with testimony. That's our testimony. That's you telling your story. You know, I also, I'll mention my father-in-law, I guess. Anytime we go golfing, if we run into somebody, Jeff and I's goal, well, Jeff is always like this. He'll ask the person, hey, tell me your story. He'll always ask the person, hey, tell me your story, because he wants him to tell them his, you know, their story, and then he can tell them his story. But when we tell our story, it should make God big. It should make Jesus big in our life. I mean, there's no way that if we're Christians and we believe in this light that we don't mention Jesus or we don't, you know, we're, we're, we talk differently. And so, and so we, we make Jesus big with the way that we talk. You know, when people maybe come up to me and say, hey, you've got a great marriage, you had a great kid, you're, you're so lucky or you've been, you worked so hard. It's, not, it's easy to say, yeah, I did. I mean, master's degree, bachelor's degree, work at Boeing, all this stuff. But where is Jesus in that? The only reason I'm married to Mo and, and maybe we have a semi-good marriage is because of Jesus. I don't know. I don't want to brag on stage. But, <laughs> but any, you know, if I go to speak at a, at a wedding, or not speak at a wedding, if I do a, you know, a toast at a wedding, I always go, grace needs to be in the middle of your, of your marriage. That's really important. And, um, and you know, so I'm saying, so, you know, so as witnesses, we're born again. We have this light and we've experienced it. We don't choose to be witnesses. We are witnesses. We are witnesses if we have experienced this new light. And the last question uh, before I'm done here, I'm going to ask is, you know, what are the barriers to being a good witness to this light? You know, what are some barriers? Of course, the first one, if you have never experienced the light of Jesus in your life, there's no way you could be a witness of it. There's no way. You have to experience it. You have to believe that Jesus died for you, that he has reconciled you to God. And then, you know, I think the second reason sometimes I had to kind of look into my life when I wrote this question down is how am I sometimes not a good witness? And I think, you know, when I first got saved and when I first went and repented and confessed my sins and did that, you know, I felt this, some people call it the first love, and you were on fire, and then you went, and anybody would talk to you, you want to tell them about what you're learning in the Bible, you want to tell them your story, you want to tell them how you don't want to do the stuff you used to do, you want to do new things, and your testimony is so strong. I don't know if other people have had that in their, in their life. You know, usually you get baptized, and you're, 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 you're testifying through your baptism, right? And then also in my life, I remember times where I wasn't a good witness. And I think to be a witness to the light, you must live in the light, and at times, we read in the Bible, the, you know, the letters to the churches, we read about revelations. You know, in Hebrews, we read, people lose that first love. I lose that first love. And I'm a bad witness at times. And, and when I'm a bad witness, I'm usually hindering the Holy Spirit. I'm hindering my conscience. And I'm living in sin. And the only way for me to be a good witness at that time is to go back to the cross because the cross is the only thing that unites us back to God. Because the cross brings us into light and brings us into communion with God the Father. As in a little bit here, we're going to go um, to the table. We're going to go and have communion. And I think, you know, communion, it's great that we do it every week because it reminds us 
that we must go to this cross. We must go to Jesus. For he is the giver of light. And we must get that light and we must be witnesses. We will be witnesses.